Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Is God going to judge this world? Yes, He is. Is there any hope that this world will escape the wrath of God? No, there's not. The prophets make it very clear. The last days are going to be very difficult days. First, for believers, and then after that, for Israel and the nations. Yes, God has a plan of salvation, but that plan is very narrow. There is only one way to be saved, one way for you to escape God's judgment, to avoid His wrath, and that is through that gospel message that God the Father provided His Son, His only begotten Son, in order to be redemption for us, to die upon that tree, to shed His blood, so that we can experience eternal salvation, eternal life, to be with Him in the kingdom of God and avoid any trace of God's wrath falling upon us. Yes, there is good news for those who accept God's grace. But primarily, the world is going to reject that. What does the scripture say? And I'm quoting from Yeshua himself. He says, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will find it. But narrow is the way that leads to life, and few will find it. So make no mistake. Don't believe the false teachers who say that in the end, that the believers, the church is going to be triumphant, and we are going to convert the world to the truth of God. That we are going to see this world become prepared for the kingdom of God by the work of the believers. This is not going to happen. The word of God, both in the old covenant I'm speaking about Hebrew prophecy, and in the New Testament, we find that there is a consistency. God will judge this world. The world is not going to improve, but rather it is going to be destroyed. Destroyed specifically by the wrath of God. And then only after God's judgment has fallen, and remember something, it is Yeshua, Jesus Christ whom the Father has given all judgment to. It is going to be as the writer of Hebrews says, John. It is going to be the wrath of the Lamb that brings about God's judgment, this final outpouring of God's wrath. There's no way for the world to avoid that, escape that. But you, through faith in the gospel, you can be forgiven You can become a recipient of God's mercy. You can have that promise 
that before God's wrath begins, you will be removed from this world, taken to heaven, and be in the presence of your Lord and Savior, the very God, forever and ever. What does Paul say? He says, comfort one another with these words that we are forever going to be with him, with our God. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to 2 Peter and chapter 3. 2 Peter and chapter 3. Now, it's very clear here that Peter, that disciple of Yeshua, he has been inspired to write down some things that we need to hear, we need to accept. That means we need to believe and base our life upon these things. So look with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. He says, This already, beloved. So he's speaking about the fact that he wrote a first epistle, 1 Peter, and now he says, This already, beloved, a second epistle to you I write in which I stir you up in remembrance. So he's writing in order to motivate, to stir up these people. And what? Notice how this first verse ends. To stir you up in remembrance of the pure mind. Now, purity is a very important word. Biblically, and we see this in the Old Testament, there is an inherent relationship between purity and blessing. When I live in purity, I'm inviting blessing into my life. When I live in that which is unclean, impure, that which is defiled, that which is outside of God's standards of morality and justice, then one is inviting curse, judgment, problems, into their life it empowers the enemy over us so peter's saying i've written to you once and now again in this second epistle and i'm writing for the same reason in order to stir you up meaning get you to understand how important it is to bring you to remembrance concerning this call for humanity that we have notice how it ends in verse one a pure mind, verse 2. And to remind you of the words which were spoken previously by the holy prophets. Now, did you hear that? By the holy prophets. The word holy, in order to help us understand it, as I've said many times, the word holy is related to the purpose of God. And therefore, when it says holy prophets, it's revealing to us that these prophets, yes, they are holy men who heard from the holy God. And prophecy reveals to us the purpose of God. Now, it reveals to us future things. Prophecy usually has a call to repentance. It speaks to the people about God's vantage point, his perspective for the world and his people and those who transgress his covenant. But here, there's an emphasis, and this is so important that we see it. There's an emphasis upon the holy prophets. And notice what he says. To remind you of the words 
spoken previously by the holy prophets and our apostles. And then verse 2 ends with the phrase, commandment, the commandment of our Lord and Savior. Now, last time we talked, we saw that there was also a reference to a holy commandment. And this is the gospel. What is the gospel? Good news about redemption. Now, when we hear that, we need to understand it properly. Good news about the redemption. Redemption involves justification, being declared righteous by God, becoming a new creation, being born again, whereby you become part of, and hear this, God's eternal family. You have a sure kingdom hope. You expect those kingdom promises because of what he has done for you, how he has changed you and caused you to be that new creation, having that pure mind and going forth in this world according to his purposes, submitting to and obeying his word. This is this new creation. This is our call as the people of God. And here it speaks about this commandment of our Lord and Savior. Through the gospel, he is Savior. But he's also always has been and always will be the Lord. As God the Father says, that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess to the glory of God that Messiah, he is Lord. All people are going to recognize that. Sadly, the vast majority will do so after death. When there's no hope for them, when there's no way to change their eternity, that they're going to acknowledge, many people believe this will be at the great white throne judgment, well, they will acknowledge, yes, Yeshua, you are Lord. But at that time, it's too late. You see, if your name has not been written in that Lamb's book of life before death, you have no hope. So he's speaking here about this commandment, this commandment of redemption, of hope, a kingdom truth, the gospel. And he says, keep reading in verse 3, this first knowing. Now, pay attention here. There is an emphasis on the word first. That's why I translated it in the original order of the text, not how some Bibles translate it. It says, verse 3, this first knowing that shall come in the end times. Now, notice this. Literally, it says the last days. So he tells us, knowing first that there will come in the last days. Who will come in the last days? Scoffers. Those who, and the word scoffing is related to doubt. These are people who are going to doubt what word has said. What word? Primarily, the prophetic word. They're not going to agree with the holy prophets. Are you agreeing with the holy prophets? Are you studying what those in the Old Testament and those in the New Testament, the apostles have said concerning the last days, the end times? It's vital that you understand and have God's perspective. Judgment is coming. 
And we need to see that as a reality. And the only way to escape this wrath of God is through that holy commandment, the gospel, that makes us who are separated from God to be one eternally with our Lord and Savior. It is because he has saved us that we can submit to him and acknowledge him and what a wonderful thing it is to live and demonstrate that he is the Lord of your life. That's what discipleship is all about. So look at verse 3 where he says, This first knowing that shall come in the last days scoffers, doubters, according to their own desires. And literally, many Bibles say following after or going forth, but it's in the passive. It is going to be their own desires, not the truth, not the revelation of God's word, not the words of the holy prophets, but their own desires that is going to lead them. Now, it's very important. When it says following after or going, it's in the passive meaning their own desires is the cause for them going the way that they're going, being led the way that they're going. And what are they doing? Based upon their own desires, what they want, they doubt, they scoff at what the prophets have said concerning the last days. Verse 4. And saying, these scoffers, what do they say? Where is the promise of his coming? Now, they're saying this. God has said prophetically that Messiah is coming. Well, where is he? Why hasn't he come? And furthermore, they want to place more doubt in your mind and in mine by saying this. For from which... The fathers, so from the time that the fathers, meaning the patriarchs, have fallen asleep, this is probably a reference to die, all things such such remain from the beginning of creation. So what they're saying is this. You go back to the patriarchs who heard these promises, who entered into the covenant, and since they have died, everything is the same thing. There's been no change from creation. Everything happens the same way. Let me ask you a question. Is that true? The answer is no, it's not. There has been things that have been unique and different that God has done. And we're going to see one of them that Peter is going to emphasize to us for a reason. Now, we're talking about judgment, the wrath of God. Has God since creation, has he ever shown us his wrath? Yes, he has. And this should be of a great importance to us. This should cause us to understand God's judgment is a reality. Look, if you would, to verse 5. For this has escaped notice. These individuals scoffers those who reject prophecy do not know prophetic truth not in the old testament not in the new these individuals they doubt the things of god why they have their desires 
and their desires, they want what they think it should be, isn't what God has said. So they begin to say and scoff, well, where is the promise of God? From the beginning of creation, when, when the fathers fall, fell asleep when they died, there's been no change. Everything is the same from the beginning of creation. But notice what is said in verse 5. For this, having escaped, escaped their knowledge. Why? Them wanting what they've wanted. It says they have not wanted this. It's escaped their knowledge that the heavens that were of old and the land from water and through water came into being consistent now what is he doing he's talking about water in a unique way and we see this in the book of genesis god used water it talked about how once god created the heavens and the earth there was waters below and waters up above and how god used water in the past in regard to his creation but notice because humanity rebelled against god's purposes what happened well again he speaks about water the water that the land came out of and the water that was above all of this was how the world came into being how through the word of god it was with the word of God that was spoken that brought about these changes. That land came out of the water and in the water that was above, the heavens were made. So heavens and earth had a unique relationship with water. But notice what it says here, verse 6. Through which then the world by water that was flooding so by those flood waters what happened it says by the water that was was placed upon them referring to flooding upon them it says was destroyed now what are we talking about we're talking about the flood in the days of noah that is noah god in the past things were not this is a false statement when they say from the beginning of creation everything's the same no changes it just keeps happening and continuing the same way no it did not there was a unique time when god with water brought about a devastating flood and by the way if you know geology many of the things that geologists see speaks about something bringing great change to this world abruptly violently at once see this is what liars do they want to tell you well all of these changes you know anything can happen if given enough time that's not true and their savior is time they want to say this world is billions and billions and billions of years old why because if they get you believe that they will tell you well over a long period of time anything can can happen no that's not true and when we look at these changes they didn't take billions of years 
That is a distortion of the facts. Science doesn't confirm that. Science tells us that something happened quickly, abruptly, at once, violently to this world that brought about changes that the geological record does document. And this is why it's so disingenuous of people to think that science is the answer. No, usually science has to catch up with the revelation of God's word. Science confirms what the word of God says if it's a true science. But so much of what scientists say, it is rooted in the same thing that we've talked about, desires of men what they want to be and therefore they doubt they scoff at what the word of god says so look at what we read verse six through which then the world by water was flooded and destroyed verse seven but now the heavens and the land by the same word being stored up so the heavens and the earth by that same word of god these things the heavens and earth are stored up for what for fire being reserved for the day of judgment so god says there's a day of judgment coming if you ignore that if you don't believe that god's judgment is coming you do not believe the revelation of scripture it's just that simple The wrath of God is approaching. Look again at our text, verse 7. But now the heavens and the earth, by that same word, they are stored up, meaning creation is waiting for, being stored up for fire being kept for the day of judgment. And notice this, what will God's judgment bring about? Destruction. And it says here, the destruction of ungodly men. What are ungodly men? Men that reject the gospel, that holy commandment that is rooted in the redemption of God through grace, not by works, but through faith, accepting, believing what God has done in your behalf and my behalf. Make no mistake. The only way to escape the wrath of God and judgment is coming. The Old Testament prophets spoke of a judgment day, a day of destruction, and Messiah talked about this. The apostles talked about this. The book of Revelation speaks specifically about it. When we think that God's not going to judge, that's that's something that he was going to do, but he changed his mind. No, no. There's no basis biblically for such a false thought. We need to realize something. God is going to do exactly what all of his prophecy reveals. There is not as Orthodox Judaism says, there are different scenarios. Therefore, in this scenario, it's these prophets. In those other scenarios, it will be these other prophets and their prophecy. No, this is false. All of God's prophetic revelation is going to be fulfilled. It's not scenarios, but everything that God says in his word is going to be accomplished. And God says over and over, and if you look at the geological record, 
and you take some time, you will be convinced, yes, there was a flood. See, so many so-called scientists discount that, won't teach that because this is the, the salvation of science. Billions of years. Anything can happen if you just give it enough time. No, this is not the case. And when you look at the record, something happened abruptly, quickly. Something that happened violently, and this was the flood. And we can still see in the geological record the effects of the flood. It's the only explanation that makes sense for what we see in the geological record. And therefore, he tells us here, Yes, now the heavens and the earth, by the same word, these places, heavens and earth, are stored up for fire. They are reserved for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. Verse 8, our last verse. Now, verse 8, probably most of you have heard this. Many people speak about it. Let me just read it, and then we'll comment concerning it. Verse 8. But in this, do not let or allow to escape you. He says, remember this. Don't let this escape your understanding, beloved, talking to believers, that one day from the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, what does he mean here? A, a, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. With God. All things are possible, meaning this. What you might think won't happen for a thousand years, God can bring it about in a day. And what you believe can happen tomorrow, that it's imminent. No, God can delay it for a thousand years. Meaning simply this, God is the master of time. He is the Lord of time. So he can bring about things very abruptly, quickly, or he can slow things down. Why? He is sovereign. This is what the scripture is telling us. And it's there for a reason. We need to understand that with God is all things. He is the master, the ruler of creation. And therefore, God is able and he will accomplish everything according to his word. Here's the question. Are we going to acknowledge this as the word of God, his holy revelation given to us in order that we can respond to it submissively and obediently, which means beginning by accepting that gospel. Because until you are that new creation, you'll never be able to serve God. Furthermore, until you receive that gospel, you won't have the mind, the perspective, what, what Paul calls the mind of Christ, in order to see things correctly. If you're not a believer, you are going to be deceived by this world. This world is a world of darkness, destruction, and deceit. That's what's happening in this world, and it's only going to get worse. So the question is this, what decision are you going to make? Are you going to be ready for the day of judgment, the outpouring of God's wrath? Or are you going to scoff at this, ignore it, 
and suffer the eternal consequences. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.